this episode of the Iconic Podcast, Numero Diaz, number 10, recording on Tuesday, September 25th, as always, in downtown Columbia, Missouri. This episode, we included a year in review for the PGA Tour. Obviously, this last weekend, Tiger Woods captures that 80th win of his his first in five years. So good to see him back. So good to see the gallery back for the PGA Tour because the gallery equates to growth of the game. And that's what we're taking away from this, this Tiger Woods weekend. After that, we got Mizzou, Georgia recap, how we shot ourselves in the foot, where we got hurt by things that were just out of our control. NBA Media Day, day one of the NBA season. We got our first look of LeBron in that sexy purple and gold. We're going to talk about a little bit. Jimmy Butler, where's where's a good spot for this guy? He's got one year left on the steal, and he's got to figure out a place to play. He's He wants to be there long term. Then we look at some other fits for the NBA. Where do those guys go? Jamal Crawford. Kawhi Leonard's now in Toronto. Where, what does that team try and go out and do? And then finally, I think we recapped with a little bit of Joaquin Phoenix, his first appearance in that new Joker makeup. We got our first look at it this week. Todd Phillips, the director of The Hangover and Old School, he's going to be in charge of this one. So I've got a lot of faith, Uncle Luke. I feel good about this Joker interpretation. And so you're going to get all that more on this episode number 10 of the Iconic Podcast. Sunday, even on a parents weekend where I've got Mizzou hosting number two, Georgia, everyone, and I mean everyone, is talking about Tiger Woods. Look, (laughs) a lot of people are calling it the greatest comeback in sports history from not being able to walk a year ago to finally winning another tournament this past weekend. I, what can you say? I, I wouldn't have put it past Tiger Woods to do what he just did. In all honesty, this is not the greatest physical comeback of all time. But it may be one of the better mental comebacks. Oh, this is not about... The back injury is playing a big part of it, of his career right now, as is his age. Sure. I think the most concerning aspect of Tiger Woods last three years was the drugs, the DUI, infidelity. So all of that. So everything that happened post 2009 after he got in that has been more mental okay. than physical. I, you know what? I would agree with that because of course you could say, you know, a lot of people make the, or make the assumption that modern science will take care of your body in some way or another. And for the most part, that's true. But they fused his spine together. Crazy. Very few very few people in the world have ever had that done. 
nobody of his athletic stature has ever had that done and then come back and competed at such a high level that he just did and winning the tour championship keep in mind the tour championship is the 30 best players in the world competing it wasn't like he went out there and beat a bunch of senior tour guys he went out and competed with the best golfers in the world and it was a culmination of his 2018 season and you know as we talk about his 2018 season review here in the the next uh coming 30 minutes or so yeah i mean you got to start where he was left off in 2017 where he really didn't play he played four so let's see seven seven tournaments total from 2014 to 2017 okay and then at the end of 2017 he was ranked right. 650 and i am so glad you have that number written down because i was just gonna say there's a absolutely fascinating number that he started with a year ago and where he is now on that world golf ranking i was playing pickup hoops yesterday right yeah and i'm walking back with a buddy, we're talking about uh, f- uh, fantasy football. Sure. And, oh, Drew Brees. And this guy happens to be a Chargers fan. Okay. Drew Brees with a crazy weekend. And he's like, dude, could you, could you imagine if the Chargers had kept Drew Brees back in 2006 <laughs> yeah. when he sure. just absolutely fucked up his shoulder? Sure. Jacked it up like, badly. Could have been. Rotator cuff. And then obviously like the structural stuff with a dislocation. And you say, how could the Chargers roll the dice on Drew Brees when you have a young gun like Phillip Rivers? You don't know that Drew Brees is going to come back from that injury. And I said, it's not that Drew Brees came back after the injury. It's that after the injury, he was even better than he was before. He returned and maintained elite level quarterback status. So it's not like the common average Joe who busts his knee and pick up basketball then the next year is playing again at 75%. Right. You know, like, oh, it's good to, you know, it's nice to have Joe back in the gym. Came back and won a Super Bowl. He came back and won a Super Bowl with a team that before he joined was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. And Tiger Woods... Fused back, fused back, and and now he's playing at another, not you know elite level because when Tiger Woods was at his elite level, yeah, it was Tiger Woods or the field, which you would never take anymore. Sure, I, I misspoke. It was it's twenty four uh, total events played since twenty fourteen. He's only played four, uh, dating back to twenty sixteen. So in the past two years, he's only played four tournaments. He's undergone four back surgeries. You're right. It. It mentally, it's got to be. I I think after a while, you can only have so many back surgeries until you know. Look at Steve Kerr, for example. The guy could hardly coach, and we're asking Tiger Woods to come back from four back surgeries, a spinal fused back, and somehow he he competes. In addition to the other nicks that he's had over the years, he obviously is infamous for the torn ACL in two thousand eight. Sure. So, oh, just throw that in there yeah. in addition Which to the fuse spine. I, I swear on my life, it's still the most unbelievable thing I've seen a, a human do in a sport. You know, I've had people talk about Willis Reed in Game 7 back in, I think it was 72, yeah. on the Knicks. But to play somewhere near 36 holes, uh, scratch that 54, because I think he tore it on Saturday. It was when the, the pain started 
seeping in and then there's that the extra 18 and i don't remember when the image is but he drives off the tee right and then immediately just goes i think i shit and he grabs his knee and you're like oh my god is this guy done right and the whole the whole sunday in 2008 the open the tory pines in your backyard um and i was a groan every single time off the tee yeah a groan every single time he hit an iron i it's incredible what this guy has endured. And and if you think about it, let me ask you this question. Can you think of a different athlete or any other athlete for that sake okay. who's got a more Hollywood scripted career arc than Tiger Woods? Now let me lay it out for you. Comes in and completely changes this the game of golf. Like this young, ener- young energetic guy who's pumping up crowds, who's uh fist pumping after huge putts. That's I mean just I, the tiger effect, the, the galleries that followed him when he was younger. Sure. And then, he, although I'm not the gallery, sure. the gallery is I'll, still yeah, I'll there. Get, I'll get there. It might be bigger now, to be honest with you. But as he, you know, goes in into his prime, he's winning pretty much every tournament. You know, the Tiger Slam, just dominating players, and he's got this aura about him. He was, you know, a lot of people thought he was a dick just because he was so focused, so driven to win. And obviously the swearing off the tee had an impact. And then 2008 happens, and it looks like he's invincible. A torn ACL does not stop him from winning a U.S. Open. And then the the car crash in 2009, Thanksgiving break, or around Thanksgiving. and The drama that follows. The, the drama that follows, the infidelity. I mean, the, his entire private life was exposed to the world. And he was put on such a high pedestal that he could only fall as far as that, that, as high as that pedestal was. And then after the infidelity kind of dies down, all that type of stuff, he goes into this stretch from basically 2012 to 2017, this five-year stretch, I would say after 2013, because he played 19 times in 2013 and won five times. Which, But from 2014 to 2017, that, that three- to four-year stretch just couldn't stay on the course. Ankle issues, knee issues, back issues, especially. And then the conversation becomes: Was Tiger was ever going to play again? Everyone, I mean, most people, I would say, wrote him off. Personally, I thought he would never win a major again, and I, I would say the odds would have been, you know, what I was saying was probably minimal, slim to none, and slim left town. You know, that yeah. he was never going to win again. Period. Uh, so for me, that that career arc. To, to, Hollywood to climb, written all to over climb him. back, and then to the chills of just him walking down. There's that one specific shot where he's walking down, yeah, uh, 18, and the crowd's just following him, and you know he emerges from the crowd. I mean, it was it was A biblical. Swarm. It was truly biblical, and it. Om- I, I I don't think I've ever seen a crowd more energized by one man, and and that's Tiger, who's been energizing golf crowds, and like I said, he isn't moving the needle he is the needle he is the needle and there's a point there's a ton of superstars in golf now brooks kapka won two two majors this year well we're gonna get into yeah, this year and exactly review here very quickly it, it's not just tiger but to compete with these young guys to do what he just did i mean i, I can't think of a, a crazier more script not even it's not scripted but hollywood-esque career arc than so Woods. to start yeah. Willis Reed was 1970. Excuse me, yeah. 1970. And I thought that, and I had to double check. Yeah, go ahead. Because Pops would have tore me a new Absolutely. one. I mean, if, if you didn't correct me. That would have, that wouldn't have gone well in our next phone but, call. I mean, that's the last. It's been a long time since the Knicks have been I'm, good. So. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> I guess I should 
you know, I think I've said this on the podcast before. The infidelity, my mom does not like Tiger Woods. A lot of people still don't. And I would probably say I follow the same category of people. And if my mom doesn't like someone, sure, I'm probably not going to like them either. Right. That being said, I'm not rooting for him to lose. I'm not rooting for him to fail. Right. I don't want to see someone un- unhealthy. And watching him smile, literally just smile at moments. Right has meant more than maybe making that 10-foot putt. Yeah. You know, because for a long time it was, oh, Tiger's going to sink the putt in the clutch moment. I'm just happy to see the guy smiling again. Right. That's what's most important to me because I'm not necessarily rooting for him to win anymore. There are so many other fascinating golfers. I love a competitive uh, field. Okay, yeah. And I, I don't really like the model of, Tiger winning every other weekend is sure. crazy as yeah. it was, and it's great for ratings. Yeah, I personally like the unpredictability of the last three years that and, we've and had. Golf will always have that unpredictability. Of course. I'm just happy to see the guy healthy. Sure. That is, without a doubt, the most important thing of all this. And it's not like or dislike the guy. Yeah. He's healthy for the first time, both mentally and physically. Yeah. I mean— Put it this way. It may not be the greatest comeback ever told, but it's certainly one of the greatest sports redemption stories ever told. Owns, you know, I think for the past couple of years, he's owned up to all his mistakes. He was obviously in a very dark place. He talks about it a lot. He's a walking miracle just being able to get up and be healthy and walk and play with his kids. That interview Scott Van Pelt did with him uh, after the tournament so good. Was, was great because his kids, for example, have never really seen him play at this level before and like like tiger said is that they equated golf to pain to suffering to agony to sadness to drug addiction what have you and so for his kids this to be old enough now to to see what it's like to see the crowds to hear the roars again and to watch him win i think they understand his magnitude and and that he can take that there's no man i don't even think uh, there's very few people in the world, very few athletes in the world, that can take the NFL and put them in the backseat on the day they own, which is Sunday. So on Sunday, at any point of Tiger Woods' round, mm-hmm. there were more viewers than at any point in either the British Open and I believe Augusta this year. Wow. In the tour champ, I mean, yeah. not that I'm not knocking the tour championship, right? But in comparison to the other majors, the tour, the tour championship has never been a elite. It's not the players. Yeah, it's, it's nothing like that. It, it's it's just it's literally the last tournament of the year. I think for me, what's I wanted to say this real quick. This what's really impressive is that he won the tour championship, the last tournament of the year. I think when we look back and we look back at all of everybody talking about will he ever win again, when everyone talked about will he ever win again, it's like, well, he might. if he's going to win again, it's probably going to be at Augusta. He knows that course better than pretty much anyone else Logically in the speaking, world. that makes Logically sense. Logically speaking. And he's getting older. Fatigue's going to play a, a factor you know, throughout the year. And he's, he's not immortal anymore. So injuries may pile up. May get, you know, things may start nagging him a little bit. So... For him to win the last tournament of the year is impressive because he endured the entire mm-hmm. season. He competed in the U.S. Open. He competed in the – or not the U.S. Open, the uh, in the British. I mean, he had the lead at one time point in the British. And then he, I mean, rocked St. Louis in, at Balrive. And finished second finished there. Finished second and, and obviously winning the tour now. So I, for me, it's extremely impressive that he endured the entire season. And then in the final 
week of the year wins and almost wins the, the FedEx Cup while he's at it. So final thoughts on Tiger, then we'll do the rest of the tour sure. yeah. kind of year in review, okay. probably through the lens of the four majors. Right. We saw consistency for Tiger in the long first time in a long time. We saw health, mental, and physical. Is he back? I say no, but no one in the history of life could come back. Maybe Jesus Christ returning <laughs> from the the tomb. You know what I mean? Right. No one would return would return from a, a fused back, uh, drug addiction, uh, mental fatigue, and all of that. Like right. at his age, that doesn't happen. So he's back. No, but the gallery and the game, the growth of the game, that's what's back. Right. So that's a really good point. There, there are pros to him playing again, but that doesn't mean he's he's back. And then finally, I, I mean, Phil Mickelson tweeted today. Yeah. This blows my mind. Ab- absolutely blew my mind. Sure. Quote: I just played with Tiger today, and it is the best I've seen him swing the club. It is so on plane and solid. And that was from Phil Mickelson. Right. And he wants strokes now, jokingly, for the Tiger-Phil Thanksgiving weekend matchup. Right. So, so cool to see him, I mean, sharing the love and encouraging Tiger. The the evolution of Tiger Woods, like I said, going back to the mid-2000s, he was not liked because he was so good. And he wasn't. Nece- he was so driven and focused that he necessarily wasn't the nicest guy. He wasn't high five and youngsters on the course or anything like Phil has been known to do. Yeah. So there was that aura about him. But now you look at Tiger. He's smiling a little bit more. Yeah. You know he he he's he recognizes his mortality and recognizes that. I think Phil and Tiger are on similar uh, stages, obviously of their career. Sure. And now they kind of get to grandfather yeah. everyone else right. in. And they're taking they're in, just a different role in the tour. They're enjoying it a little bit more, Definitely. for sure. And I think what was really cool was uh, as Tiger goes to the clubhouse to put in his score, there's Ricky and Justin Thomas and all those guys that are waiting to congratulate him. That, he said, played a big part in him getting back to a mental state where he could play golf competitively again. So, obviously, those guys yeah. benefit. You know, they benefit from Tiger Woods' presence. It makes the game better. makes everything better. But I think, for me personally, it's, it's nice to see him understand that he doesn't have a lot of years left. This is not going to be the, you know, the dominance of 2005 or 2006 again, 2004. That's okay, though. But it's okay. That's okay. As long as he's competing and— And the game grows. And the game grows. Because, as we're about to talk about, there are some youngsters— that really lit up. There's some dogs. We got some dogs to talk about. So let's start with Augusta here, okay? Patty Reed grabs the W. See, I don't like Patty Reed whatsoever. And that's, you know what? I'm okay with it. And (laughs) funny enough, you say that, totally forgettable masters. Yeah, Totally forgettable. In comparison to what we've seen from Spieth in recent years. The year before, Sergio finally getting his first. was and and, and What a storyline. Yeah, exactly. Spieth this year finished... And in third, at, and he had minus eight on Sunday. Yeah, he didn't have a very good year in general. Didn't have a year. And what, I think I got a couple notes. You know, we can we can get to speed here in a sec. Uh, Fowler finished second. He went five under on the Sunday at Augusta. John Rahm in fourth, and then Bubba at fifth. Bubba also had a kind of a down year for Bubba standards. Yeah. But ultimately, a, a pretty forgettable Augusta. Sure. U.S. Open hap- happens at Shinnecock Hills. And Brooks Kepka, the Nike guy. You want to talk about a guy willing to step up in the big moments. The yes, guy will 
fall asleep for every other minor tournament of the year, but the four majors happens, and the guy puts on a show. He's a force. I mean, if you want to skip ahead quickly to the PGA, he held off the Tiger roars and chants. He obviously was playing behind Tiger that day. I mean, he held him off, and he and it was just he was a stone cold missile eyed man, dude. That, that that dude is something else. He hits the ball a mile. His putter when it's on, yeah. the best on tour. And well, when, I I think Spieth would have something to say, but I think you are right. Great, he didn't have a great year though, Spieth. I just like I don't know that he's he's been struggling the past couple of years. He hasn't been as consistent as is he, you know, when he started coming up. Obviously, the, that when that one year where he won uh, Augusta and then I believe the U.S. Open. And then uh, then competed at the British, almost won it there too. So, I mean, I, Jordan Spieth is a great player. Yeah, but Brooks Kepka is an, a, definitely a guy who elevated his status as a guy who won it at the U.S. Open a year ago to now is just a force to be reckoned with on the tour. So I think that Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson represent the evolution of golf. Sure, and where we are, what the ideal body. And how meticulous you must be as an athlete right? with players from all over the world perfecting the craft. Now it is upper body strength combined with flexibility and ridiculous core strength. Sure. And that's what Brooks Kepka has and Dustin Johnson, who now is, again, the world number one. Right. These guys are not what you saw in the 60s, 70s. In 80s of golf. I mean, you can also go with John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, those guys are of the same class of built, of body built, and the way they, they play golf is extremely aggressive. And it's, and it's all the offspring of Tiger Woods when he was hitting it a mile and out driving the course. He just can't do that anymore. So, he, I mean, his irons this year were impeccable as anyone else on the tour. So, so que- question for you. Sure. U.S. Open this year at Shinnecock Hills. I'll give you a little bit of a memory refresher okay. as to what I'm kind of asking here. Kepka won it at one over. Yeah, tough course, really tough course. Was it too tough? Now he, that's, he round that's, four that's was two tough. under. Yeah, and Tommy Fleetwood finished seven under that day, but he finished the round at two over. Are those the kind of scores that you want to see in the U.S. Open? No, but that's how the U.S. Open plays itself now every year is that there's guys. I mean, going back, what was the Washington course uh, a couple of years ago? Chambers Bay. Chambers Bay, which, uh, I mean, th- multiple complaints about Chambers Bay. Beth Page Black was right. another which, one. Whistling Straight, I think, Beth, I think, had one. The PGA has Beth Page next year. Okay. Um, Aaron Hills right. recently was criticized for being pretty tough. But that's how it is in major. I, I don't I. I like when I it's it's fun for me at least to watch these guys struggle a little bit because it, it shows their mortality and it's bit. relatable it, exactly which is always a good thing for me at least I like to be a little relate you know because the game is so tough it is incredibly tough and even look at next year's Matt our majors lineup we're playing at Pebble Beach at the U.S. Open next year that's right that's right we go Augusta Pebble Beach. So if Tiger if Tiger is gonna ever win another major, it's gonna be one of those two. I guess for me at least, because I obviously he knows those two courses so well. As one we're talking about times. the evolution of the golfer, right? Right. The modern day golfer, what yeah. that looks like. Shinnecock Hills final leaderboard: Kepka one, Fleetwood two, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson three, Patrick Reed four, and Tony Finau five. 
four of those five. Tony Fino is another one of those guys. The huge monster athletes. Yeah. These guys are physical specimens. We're no longer seeing the skinny 5'11 dude running the tour anymore. (laughs) It's not happening. You've got to be a big body. Which, you know, for for Ricky and Jordan... Only going to be tougher. Yeah, but Jordan's game is more accuracy, precision, and putting. Uh, when is Ricky going to get his? We ever, I personally, I thought this was going to be the year that he'd finally get his. He's I now too. He's now thirty years old. Yeah, and he, is, he Ri- has, is Ricky the Sergio of this generation? Do I don't think, it gets think that so. Along in the I think the career. I see what you're saying, but Ricky's got the baby face, and it's kind of containing okay. his youth. Sure. Where Sergio was not liked. No. Prior to win, no one wanted Sergio to win. Right. No one ever wanted him to win. It. The fact that he didn't win made people happy. Mm-hmm. Until, of course, you know he's forty years old. Then they're like, "All right, sure. it's okay, Sergio. You, we you, want you, you to get you've one." You've blown it so many times. I guess so. Yeah. Ricky has a following. I think people want Ricky to sure. win. Absolutely. There's the difference between Ricky and Sergio. I think Ricky will get one, and I think it'll be really, really soon. He's too good of a player for it not to be all put together for one weekend. Right. It's just a matter of when, and and it's a uh, it's a very humbling sport. Let's move on to Open Championship. Molinari gets the win. Yep. Rose comes in second, and then the the San Diego State kid Xander Shoffle. Yeah. Who's comes made a name for himself quite a bit these past couple of years. Crazy, and he was a rookie just last year. Yeah. Talk about an entrance to the PGA Tour. Oh, my goodness. Right. Xander, get after it, big fella. I think Ty, yeah, Tiger finished sixth that day. Obviously, had a share of the lead and got everyone going crazy um, earlier in that day. But And, and those are some sure. scores that we're more familiar with. Right. Minus eight, minus six, minus six, minus six. That's what we're used to seeing at the... At the majors. Yeah, and, and but U.S., I mean, the British Open is, is normally a tough course as well, but... Well, it's usually impacted by weather. Right. If the rain and the wind are there, mm-hmm. oh my, I mean, have fun with that. And then if you go into the PGA, obviously those scores were high. I mean, guys were pinpointing stuff. They were putting it right on the greens with the, the, the softness of the greens after the, the storms that came through St. Louis that week. And those guys were— That's right. There was some There laser, was some yeah. odd weather— Leading up I to Bellary, right? It was super hot and obviously super damp and super moist. And so those guys were able – they they just couldn't – no matter what, they couldn't dry out those greens enough to, to make it competitive on the greens. So those guys – obviously, Brooks Kepka took the most advantage of it and was just putting everything within five feet because he was just sticking everything. But that was also – that Sunday was Tiger's best Sunday round we ever saw. Another guy that I guess should be mentioned because he had just such a fantastic 2017, mm-hmm. Justin Thomas. A little bit of a down year for the kid. Yeah, he competed in the PGA, if I recall. Yes, he was up, he was six. One of the sixth place yeah, finish. One of the but, three guys that was in it most of the day. But at Augusta, Sunday. finished seventeenth. U.S. Open finished twenty fifth. I mean, didn't even finish remotely close at the British Open leaderboard. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, though. He hits at a mile, which is crazy because his his stature does not it doesn't follow that yeah, suit exactly. But he, he's super young. He's like twenty four, and he's already one at one of the more difficult courses in the world. So I'm not worried about him. Again, I'm not worried about Jordan Spieth. Obviously, he's had a down year as well. But those are the guys to look out, out for following next year, as you would always would anyway. But for me, I want to see those guys improve in 2019. 
Cool. Um, we've got Ryder Cup coming up here. Yeah, it's gonna be fun in Paris. It's always super, super fun. I don't necessarily. Did you, did you see the picture of them coming off the plane? They took a team. Everyone was wearing uh, sunglasses because you know. You know that they're getting their swerve on a little bit. Oh, with Tiger after winning, they, they've never experienced the uh, Tiger Woods coming off a W. There was a cool. They've after, never experienced the wild man. Yeah, I mean, after he won, there was a really cool shot of him, you know, sharing some love with some of the new guys. Right. It was Ricky, JT. I don't remember. I think Billy Horschel might have been in there. I think you're too, right because yeah. he finished well this weekend. Different for those guys, man. Yeah. Oh my God! A guy they grew up rooting for, and then obviously they're competing against them. I'm sure, like I said, they they helped them along just as and anybody in the process. And if you're playing on Sunday in these tournaments, and Tiger's making noise, Rory's Rory's reaction when when you get that shot of the crowd following him, and he's like, he's like, "Hey man, I'm out. See ya. Like, peace. <laughs> yeah, peace. Like I'm gonna watch just like everybody else." And he, and he gets out of Tiger's way like right away on, on the, the back end of that course. Having to deal with the, the roars of the crowd. Sure. I can't even fathom. I mean, that must have been so cool for Rory. It's well documented how big of a fan he is. He's obviously had a Sunday round with Tiger uh, about four years ago at, at the at Augusta's. Well. And the, the Nike advertisement exactly. that was yeah, circulating. It's well documented how, how big of a Tiger fan he is and his idol, uh, his golf idol. So. At all around, one of the coolest moments. I'll never forget that. It's it's good to see that exposure of golf, that idea of what Tiger Woods should be. To see it again, awesome. So that's a pretty good year in review. Yeah, twenty five minutes of for the golf some season. Golf, but Monday, our our league's back, Bo. I know, I know. So let's take a quick break here. Sure. Uh, NBA Media Day. Yeah. Should we get into the Tigers, or do we not want to? Get in. Uh, we can get in. We, we, go, we might discuss we'll, it. We'll come back for a few minutes. We'll talk about Let's the take Tigers a break. on Saturday, and then we'll get into NBA Media Day. Sounds good. All right. This episode of the Iconic Podcast is sponsored by Iconic Clothing Company. Check out the website. You can celebrate Tiger Woods' 80th victory on the PGA Tour with the infamous Hole 16 at Augusta Tiger Woods shirt. That one's on Instagram, on the website. We got plenty of shirts coming out in the month of October. So go ahead, check that out. This episode, for the first time, is now on Spotify. So go ahead, check us out on Spotify and subscribe. Returning back on the Iconic Podcast. Just got done recapping 2018 golf season, looking at the four majors and some of the superstars who had down years, who had up years, Tiger Woods and his impact to the game. But this last weekend, Uncle Luke, we got to talk about it, man. Yeah, a, we a, have a tough, to. uh, a tough loss for our for our MU Tigers to a to a Georgia, a really good Georgia team. Yes, I'm not afraid to say that Georgia didn't impress me as much as I thought they would have. Granted. A lot of different variables were going on in that game, and Georgia still won handedly. But I don't, I don't really know where to begin. Where, where do you want to start? Okay. Because if you want to go like very beginning, I mean, dream start, dream scenario. You kick the ball off to Georgia. They get around to the f- midfield, and then we get a pick. A great play by I think his name's is it Christian Holmes, right? The cornerback. I made, think yeah, yeah, I think who, he who made the play. Made the play. I I'm, I'm, might have been blanking on the. the for his first name, but I know his last name's Holmes. Um, Funny enough, the, you want to start at the beginning, and yeah. I want to kind of start at the end. Okay, sure. At, I got my wish. I had one wish for this football game. 
I said all week, pretty much all year long, yeah. when we play Georgia, all I want is with five minutes left just to be in the game. Yeah, you did You did say that. That's all I wanted. Ago. You're right. I wanted with five minutes left to be in the football game, have a chance, have a fighting, a legitimate fighting chance. And in reality, that was the case. We were able to scrap and claw and somehow, some way, with six minutes left, we, we had the ball in our hands. Yeah. And it was a two-possession game. Right. And going off of my first point about the defense making a play out of the gate, getting forcing a turnover, swinging momentum in the right direction to start the game. I mean, the defense did everything it could have. I totally agree. I, I, and, and it's a testament to Barry Odom and, and that defense to get those guys after – a lackluster performance of giving up 600 yards to a backup quarterback at Purdue. Granted, Purdue beat number 23 BC this week, so maybe that that road win doesn't look as iffy now. That not covering, you're saying on the road? Well, yeah, they even say not Purdue? covering, but you know, beating them by just a field goal when at one point in that game we had the ball, we were up a couple of scores and looked like we were going to put it away, and then obviously they came back, but. They beat a decent football team, obviously a ranked team in, in BC this past weekend. But to come back and then play, uh, you know, no joke. You you go from Purdue to Georgia. That's about as big as a gap as you can, you know, turn. Uh, and they turned it on. They forced some turnovers. They they got the ball back to the offense at times. Emmanuel Hall's groin injury really hurt. The, uh, there was no verticality in this offense this past week. Another problem that does not help on top of a groin injury. Right is when you have one of the best defensive backs in the country, right. number 18, Baker for Georgia. Yeah. Every time that guy lined up, yeah. you went to the other side of the field. I had to. And Drew it, Locke was not, I don't want to say scared, because that's not fair to Drew, but it was reminiscent of Richard Sherman sure. in 2012 <laughs> to the point where you did not throw to his side of the field. Right. I does not matter. They 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 double teamed. They put safeties over the top. They made they made sure Kirby Smart did a really good job. He made sure that Emmanuel Hall did not make an impact of the game because we did not throw the ball down the field that much. And they took away our you know they took away our best asset, which is the deep ball. And it's tough to it's tough to first of all throw deep on Georgia. It's another I, when he's when Emmanuel uh, is obviously hurt. And then Jalen Knox, who was the freshman standout a week uh. ago and. Purdue, he, uh, he was he hurt? I, I he just didn't play that much. Well, but. you want to talk about affecting the deep ball? It doesn't help when it, you know, one of the few deep balls that you do have, right, goes through your hands and exactly. hits you square in the face mask. Sure, and then it goes straight up in the air and it's yeah. intercepted. I mean, Drew Lock did not get a ton of help by his receivers this, this this past week. He didn't play his best game. Obviously, he'll be the first to tell you that as well. And then obviously, Albert Oles. I, there, we I, we could sit here and complain about the refs, but they missed the field goal. Like blatantly, you can't miss. That's one. You can't miss three points. That's one. Okay, so you take away it. We lost. We lost by fourteen points. Take away three points. It's eleven now. Okay. Sure. We, you got more coming though. Forward progress on the Albert O. You would like iffy, to iffy fifty fifty. Hey, regardless, he fumbled the ball. I'll I'll let that slide. Yeah. You know what? Great play by Georgia. They played to the whistle. There was no whistle. A great block down the field from the referee. Again, which, come <laughs> on. I mean, good Lord. It just it hurt because it felt like it was all at once. In, in reality, right. refs do get in the way sometimes. And these, these missed calls happen too. Yep. But... Both on the same <laughs> play? Are you kidding me? But when you're when you're playing the number two team in the country and you're at home and you can't make mistakes, you can't shoot yourself in the foot one, which we did, no excuses there. 
But two, you, you need you need a little bit of luck, but you also just need things to go your way. The ref's missing a, a field goal down the pipe. I mean. Yeah. A 50-50 fumble sure. to a inadvertent block by the ref. Who's just in the way, and then it may, a potential missed no call on the you're, – you're nitpicking at that point. But And then the other – the And this one's tough because yeah. live at the stadium, yep. it was too close for me to call. The, sure. the dropped ball in the end zone. Yeah. I, do, I couldn't tell in, in the stadium. You know, I had some drinks in me. Yeah. I'm not looking at a camera, anything like that. No pile on camera or anything to – But I get back to the tailgate after the game, you and there's the a photo yeah. circulating. Schmitty had, Schmitty had the right one. He put the perfect photo up there on, on Twitter. and it Oh, was, did that hurt so bad. I completely – it's just a momentum changer. And, you know, we pick it up, Heads and up that's wide. right where we were sitting. Right. was right, yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And he took it all the way to the house. I mean, that is six points. A heads-up play, six points. And it was reviewed. And just not enough. Not enough. Which you want to talk about shooting yourself in the foot, you've got to mention the block punt. Yeah. I How mean, nobody th- blocked. Nobody blocked a soul on that play. It was wide open. Four guys. Luke, just, I think uh, you and I could have gotten <laughs> there for that one. And uh, that was brutal. I you, just, you can't make those mistakes against a good playoff team the number two team in the country correct bottom line they're the number two team in the country and it doesn't get easier got a bye week we head to south carolina we go to the other columbia and that's not going to be an easy game obviously bama's next and good lord we're gonna drew did not play a mediocre game we're gonna need drew lock to be at his absolute best for those next the next two games and then, obviously, when we, we talked to Schmidt a couple of weeks ago about going through the schedule and everything, Kentucky's not going to be no joke now. Kentucky's not at all. Again, they, uh, Benny Snell Jr. is a playmaker in that backfield. Kentucky's not going to be a breeze. So this upcoming schedule, I, I obviously, when the next time they come back to Missoula, will be homecoming in Memphis. I can't wait for that weekend, by the way. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the final come homecoming for me. But Are there possibilities of a Chandler Shepard Channel funny, funny you ask because I woke up this morning at 930 <laughs> and Chandler Shepard sent me the text message saying, hey, buddy, I'll be there Thursday night of homecoming. I'll be like, all right. Good like, Lord. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to get a round of golfing on Friday morning. Oh, class, so I told him to bring his clubs. Oh, that's good. Going to have to hit up uh, Kenny Tolliver for that country club. Yeah. The, admission. the access. <laughs> yeah. The country the club access. Gotta bring him to the best course in Columbia. But. Yeah, so uh, it's not going to get easier for Mizzou. They got to clean up their mistakes. I was impressed by the defense. Just a huge gut punch to to get those missed calls. But you can't you can't yeah. blame that on I didn't the reason cir- why you lost the game. I didn't circle this one as a win to start the season. Sure, I don't think anyone did. But moving forward, just got to take care of business. Let's grab the games that we can grab. Great teams cover though. Great teams do cover. I took, I took my boys at 15 and a half. I'm very proud of it. Wow. <laughs> got wow. It. And you're watching in a church. So you're yeah, watching at a, a wedding. So I was lucky enough the church, the, the ceremony started at like 1.30. So I was able to watch in a bar um, from 11 to 1 the game, which was pretty much the entire first half and then caught the ending of the game. Um, but yes, I was streaming in a church. And, and there's, an, there's an article out there that, that clearly states that it's like, Against the rules, per se, to uh, have a wedding on a Saturday in the fall. Uh, yeah, I think that is Especially illegal. Especially at 1 o'clock. What's going on, Mace? How are you? Mace, making an appearance. Oh, my Lord. What's going on, buddy? Mace, you want 20 seconds for the Missouri-Georgia yeah. game? Come on, give us your thoughts. Uh, well, 
I don't love the loss. It, it was a it was a heartbreaker. Sure. But I'm looking forward to 10-13. I think we needed a loss like that because we got Bama then. Oh, let's go. Tigers, 12 and a half. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yo, Maze, Maze has got the line. Oh, my the Maze God. Maze Sportsbook. I that, appreciate that. that. Borderline competes <laughs> with Dryers. I'll see you in Atlanta. No, nothing completes. <laughs> we're going to beat Georgia. We're going to beat Bama. Drew's locks win. Lock, win the, lock wins the Heisman. I'm going to have to play that clip Beating again. Bama. <laughs> and I'll see you in Atlanta. There's your hot take for the day. I got to go officiate. I'll see you boys later. All right. Uh, Maze has a really big uh, new gig. He's officiating some intramural flag football now. Do you have the 7 o'clock game on Stankowski 3? Yes, sir. All right. He's going to be officiating yeah. my game. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> he might go. be able to get some calls. going to get some lip tonight, Maze. I think he can finagle it. <laughs> All right. That's probably enough, Mizzou, Georgia. Yeah. Bottom line is they were the better team. The better team won. And moving forward, we just got to take care of business. That was Jack Mays, your roommate, by the way. We didn't give him any formal I think I said Mays a couple times. I said Mays, but we didn't, you know, got to give him the formal introduction. Sure, the sure. Jack Mays, 6'2", from Geneva, oh, Illinois. Illinois. 6'2", wow, give him his height. Oh, yeah, you have to. Great guy. Yeah, third year third year in a row rooming with the kid. <laughs> I hope he's okay. Okay, so then today was media day for the NBA. Or, excuse me, yesterday was media day Correct. for the NBA. Nothing crazy. Obviously, the big news out of the NBA right now is will, when, where will Jimmy Butler be traded to? Um, His preferences were Los Angeles Clippers, Brooklyn Nets, and the New York Knicks. Knowing Jimmy, just send him to any large city, and he's going to be pretty content. I yes. don't know him personally, but you know. Yes. Yeah, you're him. you're right. Well, he can handle any pressure I that a city puts on the teams that have called him Houston. Uh, Miami, obviously those three. Uh, he he could really end up anywhere. Bucks fans want to deal Bledsoe and Thon Maker for Butler. Uh, not sure how much it helps him though. You're not going to get any commitment from him this year. Obviously, he's initiating yeah. his pre-agency, yeah. as Bill Simmons yeah. says. So, um, I he, he, if I'm a team, I'm training for that. Him, I want a commitment that he's going to stay stick around or at least. Give thought in, or give some thought into maybe staying or sticking around, but for the for a team like the Bucks, see the teams in the East. Regardless, if you don't have, if it's for the right price, it's a big impact it. guy. You do it, yeah, you absolutely do. It's a guy who I mean, everyone knows Jimmy Butler's uh, ability to st- you know play great defense, uh, first team All NBA defense, and obviously get you twenty five points a game and cover the best player on the, the floor for the opposite team. Maybe my favorite destination from him, Kyle Lowry. For Jimmy Butler, just straight up. Ooh. Minnesota needs a point guard. Derrick Rose is going to pretty much start it for them at point guard. Like Jeff Teague is was not did not have the greatest of Ooh. years last year. Obviously, you're bringing in Lowry. He's got a huge contract that you're going to have to golf up. You're probably going to have to get so rid of Teague somehow. You're going Kawhi and Jimmy as your two wings. In Toronto, why not? They had a, they have made probably the best bench in the league last year. You so get, who starts at point guard then for Toronto? Fred Van Fleet. Okay. Who had an, an awesome year. That's a, that's a big I'm a, I'm a role, huge, though, okay, to step sure, into. As I'm a, a huge Fred Van Fleet guy. I was a huge Fred Van Fleet guy. Is that at, Wichita, at, State? Wichita State? Okay, I just wanted to confirm. The just wanted to confirm. Yeah. Uh, deserved every bit of his contract this this past uh, offseason. Plug him in. I mean, you still got Valanchunas out there. You got Ibaka. Think about that defensively. Ibaka, Valanchunas, 
Uh, Fred Van Fleet to Stishin and Diamond to Kawhi and Jimmy Butler, who are probably the two best wing defenders in the league. Yeah. I, 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 I see what you're saying. I have trepidations about the starting point guard position, okay. if that's the case. I like Fred Van Fleet a lot, so we can disagree there. But for Toronto, they made that move for for Kawhi because it was, if he goes, we rebuild, and we have no regrets about getting Kawhi. You just double down with Jimmy Butler. Like, Kyle Lowry's on the bat tail end of his career. Why not double down? I'm okay with it. I'm looking up the, the Raptors depth chart right now. Go ahead. Please do. I just want to see what they have at their guard spots. Brooklyn's enticing because he would probably sign a long-term deal there in Brooklyn, and they're they're back on track. They're they're got a nice little core. They got Jared Allen. Well, the uh, way you're Paris a Levert. Van Fleet guy. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell, lefty who gets buckets. Lefty who gets buckets and couldn't guard me on defense. I don't really care. <laughs> the game has always they, been. They play at such a frantic pace. And will always be, mm-hmm. Uncle Luke, you're right. about buckets. And the kid has got ice in that left arm of his. He can absolutely get buckets. I'm not going to deny that. I'm looking at the guard situation here. DeLon Wright, Lorenzo Brown, Fred Van Fleet. They'd have to pick up someone else. And then, obviously, they have Danny Green as well. So, your three wings. That's three really. If you add Jimmy Butler in the mix, well, Danny Green's been a great defender. Bench, Danny sure. Green wow. could be spectacular. Oh, I'm beginning to like this trade for Toronto more and more by the minute. You'd have to think there could be a free agent, a veteran free agent guard that they could pick up. There always is. Or they can make a deal or a three-way trade or something. I don't I don't know who. Question. Now, and then now that we're talking about guards and free agency, sure. Jamal Crawford is 38 years old. There's your guy. But I, he's not a point guard. No, he's, he's an energizing bunny off the bench who gets buckets. Yeah. Where is his best fit? There's got to be a team that needs off the bench scoring bursts. I think Milwaukee's one of them, personally. Okay. Yeah. Giannis steps off the floor. All right, buddy, just go. Just You've got... 15 minutes in this game just well, to go get buckets. Wasn't that what your boy DiVincenzo is supposed to be off the bench this year? Yeah. That a rookie. Yeah. You know. Sure, totally. I totally get that as a rookie. You never know. But where else could he fit? Where Where is a spot? My guess is he's 38 years old. He's been in the league as long as I've been alive pretty much. Uh, any, I would, He's probably searching for a contender. Interestingly enough, I've always been a huge Tyler Hughes fan dating back to Kentucky. Oh, okay. Who got a 10-day contract with Golden State. I saw that. They just keep adding talent. Like <laughs> who? Who the hell in the NBA is making decisions where no Tyler Hughes is not getting a contract somewhere? The minimum, the league minimum. Anyone? Toronto could use Tyler. I Uless. love Ty- ten days. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. It's very interesting to see. And then LeBron James in the purple and gold, first time very media gross. day. Very gross. Oh god, it looks so good. No, it does look good. I just, I, uh, I just don't like the Lakers at all. I obviously don't like the Knicks. Um, but See, and I like them both. I'm not. I. You're not gonna uh, hear. You're not gonna hear uh, any hate on me for saying, when the Knicks and Lakers are both good, the NBA is a better product. And if you look back to the past few, just years, like every other organization, big markets, big markets haven't been the teams that are going into the finals each year. Oakland and Cleveland aren't your major mark, major marquee markets. Baseball's better when the Cubs are good. The NFL's better when the Cowboys and Raiders are good. Sure. That's the way sports is. Fran- sports dominant, are? Do- 
Yeah, are. Sports are. Yeah. That's the way sports are. There you go, journalism. Man. Yeah, getting there. Dominant, dominant franchises, legacy-defining legacy franchises. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot of people tossing out their takes now that, hey, LeBron can take this team to number two seed in the East. They're not better than Houston as stands. And no. I, obviously, it was we got PTI on our screens behind us. I know they just wished a uh, happy birthday to Carlos Gomez, I think. I think that's what I just saw. Gross. Which I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Happy birthday, Carlos Gomez. A lot of people are beginning to understand that. We have our differences when it comes to athletes and players. And, you know, because a lot of the times we we agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah. For sure. And we get along very well. But there is there is some stuff that we don't agree on. What? Anyway, I just wanted to note that they were talking about why was LeBron so serious yesterday. I think it's just LeBron being LeBron. It's his ploy. You know, it's just like a lot of guys, people asking about his off the court stuff. Obviously, this was maybe the most active he's ever been in his career off the court. With the school opening, with the production deal, he's making more Space movies Jam than too. The Rock right now. Space Jam Two's coming out soon. Ryan Coogler's producing. Yeah, that makes me happy. That makes me happy. That that now I know it's not going to be a terrible movie. Don't yeah. let me down, Ryan. There's no way. Huge Ryan. Zero percent chance that if Ryan Coogler's associated with the film, that it'll be bad. Just getting into like the nitty gritties of like production and directors. Like Ryan Coogler's my favorite right now, personally, um, for what he did with. Black Panther, Creed, Fruitville uh, Station, Fruitville Station. So, very happy that he'll be alongside with LeBron. But maybe he's gonna have to be serious because I think he's trying to teach these younger guys that hey, I know we're Showtime. I know Lake Show's back. I get it. All the hype, love it too. But this is this is your job. We got to win ball games, and if you want to prove it to the rest of the world that we are a championship team, you got to take this shit seriously. So I think that's why LeBron's gonna have this stern attitude for I would say the first six weeks of the season well he said yesterday Business, yeah. he said yesterday blatantly yeah we have a long ways to go he knows it he knows the grind he knows what it takes especially with a young team we've got two sets of players on this lakers team and we have to find a way it's not we the lakers have to find a way to mold them and mesh them together you've got your young core you've got the kuzma ingram ball ball by the way looks absolutely huge yeah Looks really, really big. I, this is my favorite time of year, like seeing like the rookies like come back. Like Lori added fourteen pounds of muscle. Oh, yeah, he's on the NBA exactly. diet now. See, seeing Wendell Carter being labeled a poised defensive score is like, yeah, I love when the rookies come back and look. Great. So that's core one. Yeah. Then you've got your core two: Rondo, Lance, Javale, Michael Beasley. Yep. And then LeBron's in the middle of all that, all of it, directing it. They need to find a way for that to work. This is, I'm not sure we've seen something like this before. You've got four legitimate up-and-coming superstars. Right. And you have three legitimate NBA solidified veterans. Those guys have championships. Pedigree. Pedigree, yeah. Everything. Rondo, McGee. And we've talked about this a lot when they brought in over the summer that personally I thought it was a way of teaching these younger this younger core how to win, how to be a champion every day. Not just game by game, but every day in practice. How to be a professional. And I and I and I applaud I liked that idea personally. But, you know, obviously you had your your doubts and so did a lot of other people. But Okay, you ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. Lance Stevenson, JaVale, Beasley and Rondo took a photo together yesterday at NBA Media Day, right? Uh huh. Name this unit. Did you see what LeBron named it? No. They're called mud. Misunderstood, 
underappreciated, determined. Wow. That's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn God, good. LeBron's so he's Hollywood as hell. Where's the Joakim soundbite? Hollywood. Hollywood as hell. hell. Oh my God! It fits now. It's a timeless quote. It it's really, a timeless quote from yeah. Joakim. <laughs> from Joakim. Unbelievable. Who's looking for a team now too? But I mean, media day. It's just it's good to have the NBA back. They started practicing today, and obviously the jokes all around the league are, and are it's, awesome. And bottom line for a lot of these teams is if you want to compete with Houston. With Golden State, with Boston, yeah, it's time to go to work. They're not they're five, not slowing down for you. That Big Five in Boston looks scary. I, I kind of had to do a little double take. I had to. I saw the photo, and I forgot how good they actually are. Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Tatum, that three right there. Jalen Brown, Al Horford is nuts. And then you add in Jalen Brown and Al Horford. Jalen had a Phenomenal second year. Conzo. Al Horford, who's, you know, a night As much of a pro as you're getting. A dominant defensive force as well. Uh, I really enjoyed, I'm going to really enjoy the Luka Doncic and Dirk. There is some big talk out of Dallas in that camp, man. Yeah. They're saying that this kid is as good of a facilitator. Yeah. And playmaker as he's seen since Kid and Nash. I mean, I went all in, all in with him. I think like two and a half years ago when he was just like seven. I just went all out. I was like, I, this guy looks sensational as a sixteen-year-old. But hearing Steve Nash on uh, the BS podcast talk about, he's like, he's like, you like him? Yeah, that was. And, and Steve Nash, oh, love him, love him, love him. I'm like, yeah. If Steve Nash got, is giving him the approval. That podcast was full of some so great nuggets uh, of information. The whole development uh, part about how in America, he's referring to soccer and how can we get better mm-hmm. as a country? What do we need to do? And, and comparing it to the other sports that we have. Completely. And how Nash was talking about how development-wise in the, in the U.S., in any sport, we, we preach these certain things. Power, speed, athleticism, you know. An athlete doesn't have to look like LeBron James to be an athlete, is basically what Steve Nash said. Luka Moldrich, who just won the uh, FIFA Player of the Year, is 5'8", 160 pounds. The Croatian superstar. And completely dominated the World Cup. It's because it's based off of fields, based off of instincts, and those things, yes, you can't teach, but development-wise, you need to instill those qualities into your youngsters. And I think that's that was one of the main key points I took away about where America stands right now is that Soccer wise, and sorry to get a little off track. But no, it's just, all right. This is just development as an athlete in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is that you can only teach so much of the athleticism, power, speed part of it, but mentally, you know, flow of the game, understanding those types of things that Steve obviously goes into in, in depth really well, uh, are just as key. And going back to Luka Doncic, it seems like he's going to have those qualities. So I think we've pretty much got everything in here. Yeah, we don't have to get into NBA right now because you know. Well, we got, of the season, we got plenty we'll of time we'll for the, all of that. My sure. last thought before we end the podcast. I mean, we're talking two minutes here. Okay. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, you're high on this, aren't you? Dude, I'm really high on this. I feel so good about this. So Todd Phillips yep. is directing a new Joker movie. Todd Phillips directed Old School. He directed the Hangover movies. And now he's doing a Joker origin movie. Joaquin Phoenix is starring in this week. They released the makeup test. And obviously, it doesn't take 
a genius to put together how important the makeup test is with the Joker. Correct. And the look and everything that goes with it. One, it looks you outstanding. Like it. You like it? Outstanding. Okay. Old school. Old school, old school, old school. Yeah. This looks like, uh, I think it's Cesar Romero, who was one of the original Jokers back in the in the 60s. Looks reminds me a lot of that. I am so confident about this movie, and I didn't mind Jared Leto's interpretation of the Joker. Okay. I thought the movies themselves were the problem. Oh, yeah. I didn't think he was the problem. Okay, that's fair. I think a lot of his scenes got cut is what the word on the street is. He didn't have much direction, and I, I don't think he was the problem. Okay. And then, obviously, pr- prior to that is Ledger, which is maybe the greatest performance in cinema history. Widely considered. I'm excited. And then uh, TMZ had a clip of like one of the scenes that they were also filming this week where sure. um, Joaquin Phoenix gets off a, a train station, and there's men in clown masks everywhere and just creating absolute havoc. Yeah. I'm just excited. I feel really good about this duo between Todd. Phillips. So I don't know a ton about it, but is this movie just going to be all about the Joker and all the, about the Joker? Okay. And I, I have a hunch that the first half of the movie he will not wear the makeup. We're not going to see him in makeup Ooh. until about halfway. Okay. The first half is going to be, I'm guessing, him losing his wife. Okay. And then coping with that loss, tries to become a comedian, and fails. And okay. then is left with nothing else, wow. and so he becomes really Joker. Got a beat on this movie. Don't that, you? That's my borderline prediction. It could be in different order. He might fail as a comedian, then his wife dies. I'm guessing that those two. Are hey, I'm intrigued. You, you, I, I sold you. Yeah, I, I sold you. Got my ticket, ticket bought. Beautiful. Um, the Creed two poster came out. Saw that. Sick. Looks really good. So different than the first one too. This one, he looks so defeated. Yeah. I mean, he's absolutely yoked. He's just <laughs> jacked out Not of his mind. Not taking anything away from uh, from Michael B. Yeah, don't don't confuse defeated as out of shape. Yeah, that was not synonyms. Certainly not. All right. I mean, that's about that's like the fifty-five minute mark. I can, I'm good to wrap it up there. Sure. I'm good to wrap it up there. All right, homie. What a podcast. Home. That one felt really, really good. So we did a year in review for golf. Tiger Woods wins number eighty, his first since twenty thirteen. Broke down all four majors, where golf is going, the differences between the old and the new. You know, we got Ryder Cup coming up and then the Tiger-Phil matchup sure. in November. Oh, exciting. All good. Yeah. All, all good. Mizzou, Georgia. Mizzou takes one on the chin. Places we can put the blame on ourselves. A couple things that just didn't exactly go our way. The zebras. Yeah, the, for one. the goddamn zebras once again <laughs> doing I, it. I think the SEC network blocked me. Yeah, the I think SEC so too. Twitter account blocked me. I think I, I got blocked to... last year during the Mizzou Florida basketball game over winter break. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah, I was I was pretty oh fucking pissed off after <laughs> that one. So then we got Mizzou Georgia. Where Mizzou goes after this. We got a bye week. Bama's here in the near future. Kentucky down the road, who's now looking like a really tough game. After Mizzou, Georgia, we got into NBA Media Day. Yep, and it's really just kind of our first look at what the NBA season's going to appear like. Yeah, we're easing into the NBA. We don't want to go full force right at you right away because we'll have an entire episode, obviously, dedicated to it on uh, opening night, as we always do. But As we always do, this was episode 10 of the Iconic Podcast, finished up with 
the Joker talk. Yes, sir. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about it. I, I fell back in love with movies this year. I really, really did. Like, the last three years, sure. I haven't been able to watch as many. Yeah. Just being in college and moving to Missouri, which was a wild change. But right. I'm back, and it's something I did a ton as a kid, and uh, now I'm I'm just back in the loop and all the, the little teaser trailers that come out and about. Bobby Buckets, the movie critic's back. Tiger Woods, the golfer's back. Come on. Come on. And the more NBA importantly, Tiger's back mentally yes. as much as he is physically. And I Correct. think that's what we need to take away yep. from this weekend. Absolutely. So, episode 10 of the Iconic Podcast. Nothing else left to do. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's go home. <laughs> Let's go.